Thank you, Chris and Carla. Now, Chris, are you going to study violin or teach violin? <laughs> Man, that was, and this is his papa here, in case you didn't know. Very proud, Papa. Yes. The Sermon on the Mount is one of the highest ethical statements known to man or women. Jesus himself, in the Sermon on the Mount, said, this is what I am all about. This is what life looks like when you follow me. Very high standard. In fact, one place in the early part of this sermon, Jesus said, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will in no way enter into heaven. Whoa! That's a pretty high standard. That's a very high standard. And then again, he said, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I asked Jeanette what it was like to be married to someone like that, and she said, I sure don't know. <laughs> but Jesus calls us to an extremely high standard of righteousness. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. So strive, pray, commit, encourage each other to live up to the standard that Jesus taught us to live. But he also gave us a great caution. After telling us to live righteous lives, in chapter 6, verse 1, he said, Be careful as you live these righteous lives. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. That's the principle. As you live your life of holiness, as you do the things God has taught us to do, as you pray, as you give, as you fast, as you witness, as you minister to others, beware, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Now, that word, to be seen, is word is theaomai. Theao. Does that theater? What Jesus is saying, don't perform. Theaomai means to do everything to be seen, to be praised, so that others notice. Beware of practicing your righteousness in front of others with the purpose of being noticed, of performing before others. If you do, if you live your life that way, if your purpose, if your intention in living out a holy life is to be praised by others, Jesus said, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others for the purpose of being seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. Simple sounding principle, but a pretty heavy one. So Jesus said, now for those of you who are a little slow on the uptake, let me illustrate it for you. So in verse 2, he says, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the street corners in order to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Okay, now here's what he's saying. 
Now, the hypocrites, when they give, it, literally, they sound a trumpet. Now, they didn't literally do that, but the figure is they sound a trumpet before them. They announce it. They make sure to gain an audience in the street corners, and they make sure everybody knows that I'm so generous, and I'm taking out of my own funds, and I'm giving to others, and aren't I special? I must really love God when you see how generous I am. Jesus said, truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. What does he mean by that? You can hear Jesus saying, uh, people praised you for how much you gave, right? Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. Good. Because that's all you're going to get out of it. You did it to be praised by people. You were praised by people. Done deal. You have received your reward in full. He says, but now, let me, tell you the other, let me tell you the other side of this. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. So he said, that's the story of my life. What does he mean by that? Don't let your left hand. What he means in this sense of giving, as your right hand is signing that check, don't let your left hand say, wow. Look at the size of that check. Man, are we generous. Good for us. He says, don't even you be overly conscious about your practice of righteousness. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. Now, there's a difference in the way some... English translations deal with that phrase. Your father who sees the new, Ameri new international version says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. What is done is not in the text. What Jesus said, your father who sees in secret will reward you. you say, why would you point that out? I'll tell you in a minute. Okay, so I said, now you get the point. Beware of practicing your righteousness before others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. For instance, when you give, don't do it like the hypocrites do who make sure everybody knows how generous they are. And when people recognize how generous they are and pat them on the back, they have received their reward in full. But when you give, don't even you be overly conscious of how generous you are. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Okay, you got it? Well, some do. Kind of like in the classroom when you're teaching. You know, they talk about how the lights go on. You ever seen that? When you're teaching something, the lights go on? Well, sometimes, for some students, the lights don't go on like an incandescent bulb. It's more like a fluorescent with a bad starter. <laughs> like that. So Jesus said, now, if you didn't get the principle and you didn't get the first illustration, I'm going to illustrate it again. He says, now, in the same way, when you pray, again, don't be like the hypocrites. Hypocrites who pretend they're doing something for a reason, but they're doing it for a different reason. For they love to stand praying in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. The people say, what a wonderful theological prayer. Yeah. Did you like that? Oh, yeah. Good. You've received your reward. Now, he's not saying don't pray in public. 
Job's prayer was, took me into the presence of God. He didn't do that to impress you, did he? He didn't do that. I'm talking to his wife now. He wouldn't do that. No, you sense that. But there are times people preach with their eyes closed. They're not praying. God has nothing to do with it. They're just exercising their lungs in front of the audience so people understand what a deep prayer warrior they really are. Now, please, don't misunderstand. I'm saying don't pray in public. I'm saying ask yourself that critical question. You see, there are three questions we have to ask ourselves multiple times through the day. There is a crucial question. What should I do? And there's a second crucial question. How should I do what I do? But neither of those questions is the critical question. So Jesus said, just like in giving, praying, don't do it to be seen by others. But go into your inner room. Pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Who are you talking to when you pray? Your Father who sees in secret will reward you when you do it in His presence for His glory because of your relationship with Him. Okay, now. You've heard the principle, beware of practicing your righteousness before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. When you give, give secretly. Give to God, not to be praised. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, even when you're praying in public, be conscious, be aware of the fact that this is a communication with God. Resist the temptation to impress folks. Pursue the temptation to pour your heart out before God. And the God who sees in secret will reward you. Okay, you got it. Well, some maybe not. So I'm going to, Jesus, I'm going to run it by again. Because people don't always listen. Now, just like when you give and when you pray, so when you fast. Verse 16, when you fast. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. So here's this hypocritical Pharisee. He missed breakfast, so he thinks, I'm going to get some mileage out of this. So he goes, he's walking around, he's somber and kind of like this, and people say, are you feeling okay? Oh, yes, yes. You look terrible. Well, I'm fasting. Oh, what a glorious, godly man you must be. Oh, well, yes, I'm glad you recognized it. <laughs> Jesus is saying, lap that up, Bubba. You have received your reward in full. You did it to be praised. You were praised. Done deal. Instead, instead of walking around, he says, but when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. So once again, ask the two crucial questions. What should I do? Should I fast? How should I do what I do? Another crucial question. 
But neither of those is a critical question. What do you think Jesus is setting up as the critical question? Is it, what should I do? As important as that is. And how many times a day do you ask that? And how many times do you ask, how should I do what I do? But what Jesus is saying is the critical question is not, what should I do or how should I, but why? Why do I do what I do? Do I do it to be praised by people? Or do I do it to be praised by God? Jesus is messing around in that deep part of our being, down in the basement where the machinery is. One of the most machines down there that's working is kind of over in the corner, covered with grease, because we don't pay much attention to it, usually. But it's called our motive maker. It's that thing in your brain, in your heart, that asks, why? Why? What's my motive? Why should I give? Why should I give generously? Now, I don't know about you, I'm a tightwad. I don't like to give. I just spend it on me. So what's my motive for giving? Why would I give? It's a motive of love. Here in his love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and gave his son for our salvation. God so loved the world that he, what's the word? Gave. He said, I want you to love me, and I want you to love your neighbor, and I want you to love your enemy, and I want you to love. As Paul prayed, may our love be overflow more and more with knowledge and all insight. I want your love for me to generate the motive of wanting to give. That passage in 2 Corinthians that we read this morning, another part of that passage. God loves a delirious giver, a cheerful giver. Somebody who says, I love to help. What a beautiful picture. When you give, when you give, give to God. Give to God because you love him. And because you love people who are lost. Because you love people who are in desperate need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And who need to conform their life to his teachings. Because it's such a much more glorious way to live. This church cannot survive without your generosity. But don't give just to this church. Give to this church as a means of giving to your heavenly father. And your father, who sees in secret, will reward you. And prayer. Whew. Some people really like to pray. Some people find it difficult. It's a discipline to pray. It's hard to get on your knees or just focus and talk to God sometimes. There's other things I'd rather do. Why do I pray? I pray because I trust I trust what God said, that I can't make it on my own. I can't live the Christian life in my own power. Why limit myself to my own resources when I have the power of God available to me? As Paul prayed that you will know the overwhelming, the immeasurable power of God, which he exercised in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand. The infinite power of God 
is available for those of us who ask for it. Prayer. But when you pray, pray to your Father who sees in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you fast, I don't know about fasting. You like to fast? It's hmm, kind of hard. Why do you fast? Fast out of obedience. Obedience. The scripture says fasting is crucial. It gives you time to focus and to meditate on God. Fasting. Why? Because God said to. (laughs) So love and trust and obedience says I do what I do in spite of the great temptation to do it to be seen. And sometimes you can't help being seen. You're looking at me right now. Some of you are saying, hey, in a bad sermon. And you're going to tell me that at the door. And I'm going to say, you sure got that one right. (laughs) How do I deal with that? How do you deal with it when people thank you for your generous gift? When people thank you for that wonderful prayer? When people thank you for coming and visiting them in the hospital because you did it because you love Jesus? How do you, when people thank you down in the closet, or when people thank you as a Stephen minister, or as a deacon, or as an elder, when you minister, people are going to thank you. People do appreciate it. We have to settle in our own mind, in our own head, why do I do what I do? And I believe Jesus spoke very carefully, and I believe Matthew recorded very carefully. Your father who sees in secret will reward you. It's not what you do that he sees, that he notices. And the word see means to, to, to observe, to take account of. It's not just he notices it. He kind of says, I saw that. No, I observed that. I noticed that. I took note of that. I contemplated on that. You've seen things and you have observed things. You know the difference. We see with our eyes, we observe with our mind. It's like some of you read a passage and you see it and then other times you observe it and it goes, you process it. And that's the word, a special word for see. God processes in secret. You know what he sees Far beyond what you do, whether it's praying or giving or fasting, what he's saying is God sees your motives. God sees what you do as you ask that question, what should I do? God sees how you do what you do, and he appreciates it when it's done well or it's done for his glory. But the critical question that God sees, that we don't see, is why? Why did you do that? And Jesus said there's only one answer for you, for your righteousness, to be greater than the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. There's only one reason for your holiness to be as holy as your Father in heaven, to be as perfect as your Father. Only one reason for that. Because you love me, Jesus said. Because you trust me because you want to obey me that's the core center of your life I do everything I do Jesus wants us to say 
out of love, trust, and obedience to the God who saved me and made me his own. Guess who's watching? And guess what he's watching? (laughs) Yeah, he says, I see what you do. I appreciate it. I see how you do it. And you do it in a special way because you're doing it for me. And I appreciate that. You know what I really appreciate? I appreciate that you did it because you love me. You did it because you trust me. And I did it because you're obeying me. Praise God for the privilege of living life that way.